Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Joining us out of the UK to talk Rugby League World Cup is uh, the one, the only, uh, Johnny Davidson from RugbyLeagueHub.com. Long reads. Uh, you can find him at Patreon. G'day, Johnny. How are you, mate? Very well, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, good. Uh, how amped are you? And then how amped is the, the North of England for the uh, Rugby League World Cup? Yeah, we just had the, uh, the official launch yesterday um, in at, uh, Manchester at the Museum of... Science and technology, and everyone's gearing up. Uh, I don't know how many sleeps are we? I think four more sleeps uh, until Saturday in Newcastle, England, and tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be an amazing tournament. Well, on that, mate, I mean, you know, how nervous do you think English fans are? Because I look at that Samoan team, it looks stacked. Tonga, we know all about. Um, what chance do you give England to make the semi finals? Is every chance they don't get that far? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an excellent point. I think. Um, I think there are, you know, with a lot of people, there are a lot of worries because not only, um, you know, just how, how stacked that Samoan team, as you said, with, you know, all the Penrith players and, you know, just some unbelievable talent there. Uh, there's also England have really been um, hit hard by injury. They're missing, you know, probably 10 players who'd who'd make that squad. And then, you've, you know, you've got the likes of James Roby, who's um, retired from International Rug, uh, Rugby League. And then, you know, a few retirement since um, 2017 so it's going to be difficult um, but I think you know they had a trial against Fiji uh, last Friday and they beat Fiji 50-0. Fiji were missing their NRL players but you know a 50-0 win uh, as a warm-up game gives you a bit of confidence. Definitely gives you a bit of confidence. I was I, I was going to get to, uh, uh, to to Fiji a little bit later on, uh, given the the name that the uh, the squad the Kangaroos have named, but um, uh, that's put a bit of a dampener on that. But we'll get there, mate. Uh, I, I saw that you did a story too uh, about Gary Schofield. He, he's been quite critical of the squad that has been selected. I mean, who did he think should have been there that wasn't? And do you agree with him? Well, I think I, I, I agree with some of what he's said. Um, and I think um, Sko is very uh, hardline on the um, heritage players. Um, and obviously, Victor Radley, uh, born and raised in Australia, played for the, the Junior Kangaroos, um, the Australian under-23s, and, and for New South Wales at um, junior level in origin. Uh, but his father's English, you know. His father's from Sheffield, so he's as eligible um, as anyone else to to play for um, England and, you know, every country from Australia, New Zealand, everyone else has had people whose, you know, grandparents might be from that particular nation or one parent, um, you know, Nathan Kalis, for example, um, you know, born and raised in, in Australia. So, um, you know, I, I, that's, that's a different element. But in terms of um, in terms of the, the talent um, England's got, yeah, I mean, I think the halves have been a big issue for, for many, many years. Um, Johnny Lomax being out, is is massive um and obviously george williams has been in terrible form pretty much all season um 
and there's the other another half a young half that Lewis Dodd who who's been out for most of the season and he really is a gun player. Um, he was the house partner at St Helens for, for Johnny Lomax. So there's just um, yeah, I think it's, there's a combination of factors for England, um, and I think you know it's going to be very difficult. Look, I think if they can get to the semi-final or even a final, I think that's an amazing result uh, for England when you just look at the teams they're coming up against. You know, Tonga, Samoa, likely to be PNG in the quarterfinals, um, depending where they finish, um, and just, you know, a combination of, of factors. They they play far too many games uh, in Super League and they have a much shorter rest in between seasons. So the players are, are flogged a lot harder than, you know, in the NRL. Yeah, it's an interesting one, mate. I mean... Is there genuine uh, concern from English fans or are they just sort of hyped up on the fact that they've got a World Cup in their, in their backyard a year later than it should have been? I think there's a, I think there's a real mixture. I think there's some who are who are quite realistic and, you know, honest and, and are concerned that it, it could be, um, you know, the worst World Cup from an England point of view for, you know, decades. Um, and I think there's others who you know, kind of look at it and, and perhaps are in a bit of denial. Um, and, you know, but in saying that, you know, it is on English soil that the conditions will probably be cold, maybe wet. Um, you're in front of home fans. So that, you know, it's hard to quantify how much that gives them boost. Um, obviously with Tonga, and I made this point to a few people, um, as you know, all their big results have happened in, you know, Auckland and Hamilton, where they're essentially playing in front of home crowds. So um, there's not going to be 20,000, uh, red flags and people singing hymns, you know, in, in St Helens and Lee and in the places they're going to be playing. So will how will that affect them? You know, that remains to be seen. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a tough World Cup for England. Um, look, that, you know, Samoa haven't had a game. They could be underdone um, coming into to Newcastle. So, you know, England might be able to grind out a win there. Uh, and, you know, so I think that would set up a... A potential um, semi-final with Tonga, um, which would obviously be a repeat of 2017, and that was, you know, one of the best games ever um, at Mount Stout Stadium. So, it's all, um, you know, paper's one thing, um, but you know, people have got to go out and perform on the day. So that that's where it'll it'll fall down to. Oh, looking forward to that, mate. Um, have you got a pick? I mean, how do you think that that game will roll? The Samoa game. Yeah. Oh, look, I think I think it really is a flip of the coin. I think um, the thing with Samoa, previous Samoan teams, as we all know, they've always had talent, but they've never been able to pull it together. Um, you know, they've never really lived up to their potential. But I think this Samoan team, you know, the the Luais, the Toes, the the Stephen Crichtons, um, you know, they they are real professionals. Um, they've been in great form all season. They've got a great bond as well. And I think um, you know this. This is an opportunity. I don't think they'll they'll want to miss out on. So I think I think Samoa are in a tight game. But then again, if if England managed to jag it, I wouldn't be surprised uh, either. Because obviously, you know, it's there, there is pressure on Samoa to to deliver because people are expecting them to sort of be the the new Tonga, if you will. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing that has held Tonga back and I think has held Samoa back in the past as well. Generally, great forwards, great outside backs, but maybe uh, don't have the depth at half. Um, but, you know, I look through that squad and think Jerome Luai, uh, Charis, uh, sorry, Chanel Harris-Tavita, uh, Anthony Milford, yep. even Danny Levi, you know, they've got options there. They do. They've, they've never, that's the thing, they've never had, um, as you said, they've always had big forwards, big outside backs, but they've never had... The, um, the direction, the halves, but they've definitely got that at this World Cup. 
Uh, I think really the only thing is the coaching situation. You know, Matt Parrish, there was obviously, um, you know, in previous years, there's a lot of debate and reports about people being unhappy with him with a vote, vote of no confidence. You know, there was talk about the Johns brothers and Sonny Bill Williams coming in. That hasn't happened. Parrish, Parrish is still in charge. But, you know, he's not, uh, shall we say, the most proven coach at the top level, you know, when you compare him to a, a Mal Meninga, a Sean Wayne, uh, a Christian Wolf. So, look, the players have to do the business on the park. And I think, you know, the, the, the stage is set for Samoa, but, you know, they, they have to deliver. It's, it's up to them. I guess a team that maybe isn't getting talked about as much, um, and I don't know if you call them a smoky, um, I don't think they'll win the tournament, but they do now have uh, two teams playing in Super League. What about the French? Just how good are, are the French going to be? Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think um, while, while there's been some, some positives for the French game this year, and it is the first time uh, that they'll field a fully professional um, World Cup team, so in the sense that there's no semi-professional players in their squad. So that's a big, you know, that's a big step in the in the right direction because we are going to see at this World Cup, um, you know, effectively League One players, which is the third tier in England up against NRL players, and that's a you know that's a huge mismatch. So I think for France, they're moving in the right direction, but the fact that Theo Farge. Um, their their half and you know a really really good player he is um and i think he was their their, their skipper previously he's um unavailable through injury and that's a big blow there's a there's a couple of other players who are also pulled out through injury i think um look i think they'll beat greece uh but i think that will be as good as they'll do i think samoa and england will be much too strong for them but look um you know, Toulouse being in Super League this year, even though they have been relegated, has been a positive. And the world, next World Cup is in France. So I think um, one win, they didn't win a, a game at the last World Cup. Um, I think one win in our three would be, you know, a positive result. But then again, you look at Greece and, you know, they do have Lachlan Ilias and Billy Magoulis um, in their squad. So they won't be easy beats either. No, no, they won't be. Uh, they're an interesting team with an interesting story, the Greeks, aren't they? Uh, the way that they've got to this World Cup. Uh, you were at the Kiwis versus Leeds, uh, I understand, and, and you know I, I expected the Kiwis to win that game. I didn't expect them to win 74-0 against the Super League grand finalists. Um, how much can we take from that? Yeah, I think... Uh, I don't think you can take a huge amount just because, um, you know, look, the, the Leeds players... Had probably been on the drink for a few weeks. Um, they drafted and they couldn't really even fill the full team. They drafted some old players and former players uh, to play for them. Um, so you know it was a it was a bit of a Mickey Mouse warm up. Um, but then on the flip side of that, I think you know New Zealand. If you're a, if you're a Kiwis fan, you should be feeling very good about this World Cup. I mean, speaking of Michael Maguire yesterday, um, speaking with Nelson Asopisolomona last week and Steve Price, you know. They're quietly confident, and I think if you you just look at the team that they've got, um, I think it's the best forward pack in the tournament, and they've just got class right across the field. Um, you know, they've got depth in every position. It's going to be very hard for for Madge to pick his team. So I think you know, to me, I think I think New Zealand can win this tournament. Um, I think that semi final against Australia um, probably will determine the winner of the the tournament, and it's going to be huge. And I think the Kangaroos are. You know they could be in for a really torrid time, so I think um, 
you know, it's, it's good signs for, for New Zealand. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. The, the Aussies play, uh, the Kangaroos, they, they play Fiji first up, which I thought was, you know, it's a tough ask first up. Um, and it, it's probably when you uh, the best teams are the most vulnerable early in the tournament. And that Fijian team, you know, Viliami Kikau, um, we've got some uh, some other big names in that squad. Um, Coruscant. Coruscant, yeah, Nagama's in there, Mike Asivo, uh, Kami Kamathar as well out of out of Melbourne. So, I mean, they've got some decent names. Uh, I know you mentioned they got beat 50-0 by England the other day. Uh, but the interesting thing for me is that Mel Meninga's taken this team up there and then he said he's going to rest the Penrith and Eels players for the first game. Is there a little bit of a chance here that the, the Kangaroos are a bit complacent coming into this game? I don't, I don't think so because, I mean, he's resting players in the sense that he's resting uh, Nathan Cleary for Daly Cherry Evans, so it's not a bad backup, is it? Um, and I think um, looking at the Fijian team, they, you know, against England, they, they didn't have their, their six NRL players. But there's also been a bit of chat about Fiji because, um, you know, they're, they're missing quite a, a few players who, you know, you would think would be in this team. Obviously, the, the two Sims brothers, Daniel Saviti, Kane Evans, um, and the coaching situation seems very odd. Brian McDermott, um, the the former Toronto and, and Leeds and Featherston coach, and the United, he coached the United States the last World Cup. He did the uh, he's been working with them and did the press conference on on Friday. So it's not really sure what's going on behind the scenes with Fiji. There, there might be a bit of a bit of trouble there. So I, I think you know I think the the kangaroos will be rusty but i th- i think they in the end you know they should be fairly comfortable winners in that one um but look you know fiji they've made the semi-finals the last four world cups and they do have some some quality in there i just i just think in the halves they are you know missing um you know what the likes of australia and new zealand have they just don't have that probably organization uh of the other teams do you think melman Inga's picked the right squad because i look at the squad and think what's he thinking I don't. I don't quite get it. It's not one thing or another. It's kind of a hodgepodge. You don't. Who, who do you think? Who do you think is missing? Who do you think he would have? He, he should have picked in there. Well, I mean, I wouldn't have picked Ben Hunt in a month of Sundays when you yep. got specialist hookers at home. Who you know, like Damien Cook, for example. Um, he he yep. should he should be in there. He should be starting. Uh, you know, it's just uh, you got guys like I mean, Nico Hines. He's your Dally M winner. You leave him at home. Um, Dylan Edwards, Winston, the Clive Churchill, you leave them at home. I know they have other good fullbacks, but um, you know we've seen Australian teams in the past have five fullbacks in their in their back line, and that, they seem to make that work okay. So yeah, there's just a few in there that I'm I'm not entirely sure. I haven't been a hundred percent convinced by Harry Grant this season at Melbourne either. Um, you know I think they have better options here, and Daily Cherry Evans feels like a um, I know they're not related, but it almost feels like nepotism picking him. <laughs> oh look, yeah. I, I, I think you make some interesting points. I think, I think Ben Ben Hunt's an interesting one. He had a, you know, he had a very good. I think personally, he had a good season with the Dragons. Obviously, in Origin, he was phenomenal. And I think, um, obviously, it's a twenty-four man squad. The fact that he can cover in the halves and play hooker, um, and he's a very good team man. I think that you know weighed in his favour. Obviously, Cook, um, you know, is is purely a hooker. I think, you know, Coruscant. Um, definitely could have been a, you know, I think if the Kangaroos said we want to pick you, he would have elected, he would have gone with Australia and not Fiji. So he's probably unlucky. Um, and then the other ones, look, I mean, you've got James Tedesco and Latrell Mitchell. Um, you know, you, you are right. I mean, Nico Hines was amazing 
John Edwards was amazing this season, but I guess it's you know where do you where do you find space them? I think in a twenty four man squad you've you've got limited options, and obviously if Tommy Turbo was fit, I think he would have been in there. So I, I think you know it's, I think it's a very strong squad. You can make arguments for for other players, but I think there's there's pretty good depth amongst there, um, and I think um, yeah, I think I think Mal's got his. Uh, calculations right yeah you think so all right it's yeah it's interesting I, yeah i mean I, the thing i don't get is specialist positions right um and and i think your spine needs to needs to be that and that's why i scratch my head over over ben hunt i mean i'm a para fan and i and i rate reed marnie and i think he should be in the queensland team over ben hunt i mean the guy's not a specialist hooker uh and when you leave guys like you know cook and you mentioned Coruscant and marnie and there's, there's a few others you leave them at home to take harry grant and a part-timer who likes to drop the ball a lot it looks like a recipe for disaster <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big Harry Grant fan so I'll, I'll beg to differ on that one <laughs> fair enough mate fair enough um well we we you know looking at this World Cup then uh, it is it pretty much nailed on if you were if you if you like to punt uh would you be willing to put money on the fact that it's going to be the Kiwis in Australia in one semi-final and Tonga Samoa in the other or where are you on that I think I think definitely the the former. Um, I can't, you know. I think um, just off the top of my head, the way it'll it'll pan out, it'll it'll likely be um, Australia and Ireland in the quarterfinals, and New Zealand and probably Fiji in the quarterfinals. And I think you know it, it will be a, a kangaroos Kiwis, Sammy. I think that's a lot. The other side of the draw. Look, I think you know Tonga will. You know they they should be far too strong, and and you know. Will get to the semi-final, but they could meet tomorrow in the quarterfinals, or they could meet England. So that's <laughs> that's going to be a tough game. And I think the other one that people are forgetting about is PNG. Um, look, mm. they beat Fiji in the mid-season test. They beat Great Britain in 2019. Um, they made the quarterfinals in 2017, and I think they've got a better team now than they had um, five years ago. I mean, you look at Justin Olam and, and players like that. Lachlan Lambs had a very good season. Over here in England, um, and they've got you know the direction in the in the halves that perhaps they've lacked. So I think PNG can can really surprise someone. So you know if you're Samoa or England and you're coming up against them in the quarterfinals, I think you'd be a little worried. Um, that's a banana skin. So it wouldn't surprise me to see PNG um, get to the semi-finals, and then you know you never know. I mean I think I think this World Cup is loaded up for another kind of series of upsets, and I think you know getting a a Tonga in the final, a Samoa or a PG would be, you know, amazing for, for the sport worldwide and, you know, it would make a bit of history. Yeah, all right, mate. Uh, and I know you're, uh, you, you know, your passport says Australian and uh, you might have, uh, you might be slightly shaded on this, but, you know, Kiwis kangaroos at this stage, as an Australian fan, how, how confident are you that you're getting to the final? Not confident at all, uh, to be honest. I mean, I, I you know, the, the kangaroos have, I think won every World Cup uh, since two, apart from 2008 since since 1972. But I think um, you know the combination of factors they they you know they've got to be um, quite worried or at least you know very cautious because I think that that record could could end. Um, you know the, the talent New Zealand's got is amazing. Um, they're a very settled team. They're well coached, uh, and you know the Kangaroos haven't played for three years, and the last game was a loss to Tonga. So a lot of you know, all of these players have never played for Australia. While they, you know, they're proven in the NRL and um, in state of origin, they've never played internationally. And it is a different, it's a different, um, it's a different game, it's a different arena. 
and you know there's a weight of expectation I think people expecting Australia just to rock up and win the World Cup um, you know they've got another thing coming yeah, it's going to be interesting, mate. Looking forward to it. I, I Just before we let you go, though, one thing, I did get sent this by Ben, um, who produces this show, and he sent me this message on WhatsApp. Um, I can't read the entire message uh, because we're on live radio, but it says, look at this cluster beep. Aussie should lose based on this alone. Um, and he's talking about the number system. And if you look, they've released the team uh, for the game against Fiji, and it features Josh Adokar wearing the number nine, Latrell Mitchell wearing the number eight, uh, and Ben Hunt wearing number three playing hooker, and Daly Cherry Evans wearing number two playing halfback. What is going on? Yeah, apparently they've changed. They've decided. Um, I have no idea why. It's just basically annoyed everyone in rugby league. But they've decided to to change the numbers and base them on um, you know the order of which they've made their debuts for Australia and, and how many caps they've got. So yeah, it's just look. It's a bit of a nightmare. It's quite stupid, but they've decided to do it and antagonise everyone. And after um, you know the World Cup was postponed. A year ago, I don't think there's a lot of love for the Kangaroos anyway. Not that it was the players' decision; it was the, you know, the NRL uh, commission and the, the NRL clubs who who pushed for it. Um, and New Zealand backed them, might I add. But yeah, there's not a lot of love for the Kangaroos at the moment, so they've just added another layer of hate towards that. Um, so yeah, fun and games. Well, I mean, looking at it from another point of view, from a commercial point of view. If you're trying to attract new fans in England to the game, it makes it a hell of a lot easier if your hooker's always wearing number nine and your wingers are wearing two and five, yeah. doesn't it, to explain the game to people? It, it does. I mean, can you can you imagine, um, you know, Bowden Barrett wearing number one um, just in all this game with the, you know, the other fullback or the other ten not wearing the same number? I mean, yeah, it makes it makes no sense um, whatsoever, um, and it's just unnecessary. But Hey, it's rugby league, so you just roll with the punches, don't you? Well, yeah, well, mate. Yeah, to be honest, it's probably not the most exciting thing that'll happen in rugby league this week. There's always another drama, isn't there? There is. <laughs> well said. There, there definitely is. Yeah, good stuff, uh, John. Thanks very much for coming on today, mate. Always good to chat to you, and um, no doubt you're gonna you're gonna stay busy during uh, the World Cup. What's uh, what's what's on the agenda for you? Yeah, I'm um, speaking to, to Victor Radley later today for a piece and then uh, up to Newcastle on Saturday for the opener, um, England Samoa, and then down to Leeds to see uh, Jamaica and Ireland on, on Sunday. So, yeah, busy busy few days, but, yeah, can't wait to, to get stuck in and, you know, hopefully the, the action delivers on the field. Everyone's, everyone's excited and it's been a long wait, you know, five years for this World Cup, so let's hope it... It delivers like it should. Yeah, well, I mean, we haven't even talked, you know, teams like Ireland and Jamaica and, and, and Scotland and, the, and and Lebanon and Greece and Italy and things too much. Is there is there anybody that you're, uh, you you think might turn up as, as a surprise, well, maybe not a surprise, but might might be better than, than we think? Yeah, I think I think Ireland, if you look at their team, I mean, you know, they've got Luke Kerry in the halves. They've got a number of NRL players. They've got some really good Super League players. I think... Um, they're a, they're a big chance for the quarterfinals um, uh, and doing really well and surprising a few people. I think Lebanon as well. Um, Michael Checker, I spoke to him yesterday. Obviously, um, they've got New Zealand first up, which is a very tough game. Um, but, you know, Checker's a very passionate individual and, um, you know, he'll, there's some very good players uh, like his nephew, Adam Dewey, in that Lebanese team. So they could, um, they could spring a shock or two as well. I think, you know, for the likes of Scotland and... And Wales, 
um, and Greece, it's going to be a very, very tough ask, um, you know, a very tough World Cup. But, um, you know, I think there's some, there's definitely some teams that can spring some surprises. Cook Islands are another one, um, you know, led by Tony Iroh, a, a Kiwis legend. Um, you know, they've got some very good uh, players in their team. Um, so they'll be one to watch out for as well. They could even jag a, a quarterfinal spot, um, you know, if they can beat Wales and um, upset P&G. Yeah, well, mate, yeah, plenty to look forward to. Thanks very much again for coming on, mate, uh, and uh, we'll catch up with you during the tournament. Keep up the good work at uh, the By the Balls podcast as well, eh? Thanks, mate. I will do. Yeah, good stuff. Johnny Davidson talking at the Rugby League World Cup kicks off this Saturday.